Hey hoes and welcome back to another episode of Morning Cup of Ho podcast. I'm Imani, your host and main ho, here to help you on this journey of finding your purpose, getting your shit together, and living the life you want. Pour up your morning cup of whatever you're sipping on, get ready to unleash your inner ho, and let's get into this episode. So today we have Taylor Wilcox here with us today. Taylor is a registered dietitian who specializes in helping others break free from dieting to create healthier relationships with food and feel confident in their eating habits. She teaches others how they can nourish both their mind and body to reach their lifelong wellness goals. She's on a mission to share a message she wishes someone told her when she was younger and struggling with body image issues and dysfunctional eating habits. Eating as little as possible to look a certain way is not proper nutrition. And in fact, eating less will negatively impact your goals. So let's welcome our guest today, Taylor Wilcox. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That was a wonderful introduction. And a little bit more about me is I've been a registered dietitian for three years now. I actually just went and it was my three-year anniversary in May, May 21st. And I have been loving helping people create healthier relationships with food. I'm just excited to talk more about what that looks like and uh, dive deeper into it today through the podcast. Well, that is so exciting. First, I want to say congratulations on hitting three years. That is definitely a big milestone. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. So let's just start off a little bit with your background. So can you share more about your personal journey from struggling with self-diagnosed eating disorder to actually becoming a registered dietitian? Yeah, absolutely. So I can say that I was pretty aware of my body image from a young age and thinking back about when it started for me it's crazy to think about how young i probably was i can't pinpoint the exact age but i was definitely comparing my body to my cousins or my friends especially during the summer you know your bathing suits and i feel like it was even back when i was five or six so at that point was really when i was aware of it but i don't think it actually turned into that self-diagnosed eating disorder until middle school where i did take that negative body image that had built up over time and turned that into a dysfunctional relationship with food where I was really restricting what I ate, cutting certain food groups, and overall just binging quite often, to be honest with you, because I was eating so little and then it would turn into binging on other foods later at night. And it was completely chaotic dysfunctional. And I think that went on through middle school, even into high school. But I did know that I wanted to become a dietitian probably by my sophomore, junior year of high school. So I think that's where I started to work on that relationship with food. But I almost took it to the other extreme of, okay, I'm becoming a dietitian. I want to have help people have healthier eating habits. So I want to be eating healthy myself. So I almost went to another extreme where I was only eating healthy foods. And if I was eating anything that wasn't, I felt extreme guilt for it and just really bad about myself. And it honestly turned into binging on those foods that I felt bad for eating because it's just the way my mind was working at the time. But moving on to becoming a dietitian through college, I, again, was still really going through that healthy eating phase where it was only healthy eating. After I graduated college, I came across another dietitian's Instagram account. She was talking a little bit more about intuitive eating, what was an unhealthy relationship with food and what a healthy relationship with food looked like. And it was like a light bulb moment for me because I didn't really 
realize I had such a negative relationship with food. It was like staring me right in the face, but I didn't see it. So I did really start to dive into intuitive eating at that point because it was a light bulb moment for me. I realized how can I have an unhealthy, dysfunctional relationship with food where I feel guilty for eating certain things and I'm binging on everything in the pantry at night, but telling people, you know, that they, you know, how to basically to do the opposite. How can I tell people to do that when I'm, you know, not doing the same? So I worked on that for a year or two. And that's what brought me to my own business and wanting to help people have a more normal and healthy relationship with food because I went through it myself. And I realized that if I'm going through it, a lot of other people are going through that dysfunctional relationship with food. So that's where I'm here today. No, and I think that's such an amazing story. And I kind of even want to backtrack because I think it's so fascinating the fact that you said it started so early. I don't think we really think about, you know, how people like influences in our lives and what we're seeing and things like that can really affect our body image. But now kind of looking back at myself, I think, you know, I was kind of having those same feelings when I was younger, starting to compare myself to my family, like my cousins, my friends and things like that. But you don't really think about children having that mindset of, oh my gosh, like even though they may not necessarily know why they're feeling this way they're definitely having these feelings and comparing themselves so I think that's so interesting that you pointed that out yeah it it is just crazy if you think about it in that way and it's so true that we don't think about it but it is also true that at, at that young of age kids are thinking and comparing themselves so it's just very interesting to think about as well like you said Yeah. So kind of going into obviously starting from when you were younger all the way up until like your high school years, what do you think like some of those key turning points or maybe like realizations that kind of helped you shift that perspective of your body image and food? Yeah, I think starting with food, the thing that really helped me shift my perspective was realizing that we all have different needs. And even if all of us did eat and drink the exact same way, we'd still all look completely different. And all of our health factors would be completely different too, because things like genetics and our environment and so many other factors play into our health and our body type. It doesn't mean that food or exercise, things like that don't play that role either but they aren't as big of a role maybe as genetics are or our environment and those other things. So that was a big turning point for me was just looking at food and health in that way of it needs to be individualized and personalized rather than one size fits all, which that's, that just doesn't work. And that was really helpful for me. I think the big turning point when it came to the body image was instead of feeling like I had to be body positive all the time, which is a great thing. I don't, I don't want to turn that into a negative thing, but it's not always realistic or attainable. We're not always going to love our body or feel good in it every single day. So taking the standpoint more of a a neutral body image versus a positive body image. And when I say neutral, I just mean having that respect with your body that you're on the same team. And regardless of how you might feel about it, you don't have to love it. You don't have to hate it every single day. You know, hating it isn't going to help you. And again, it's not realistic to love it every single day. So that neutral standpoint is I respect my body to nourish it with food every day to get movement, rest in, regardless of how I might feel about it or how I might feel in my clothes on a certain day, because you are going to have some negative days. But when you get to that neutral standpoint, you have less of those negative days because 
you are more neutral about it. And it's easier said than done. That wasn't like one day it just shifted for me. It was a lot of hard work to get to that point. But I, again, just that body neutral standpoint was super helpful when it came to body image. Um, and I think just one last thing that really helped me in just overall health with body and body image and food is knowing that it's okay to want to still create healthier habits, like eating more fruits and vegetables, drinking more water, having great movement that you enjoy to exercise, but it doesn't have to be so extreme and it's not all or nothing. So just, just working on having that really good moderation and balance and having that healthier relationship with all of that was helpful to tie it all together. Mm, and I really, really appreciate you pointing out the fact that it's not hard. I mean, it, I'm saying it's not hard. It's not easy to always have that positive body image because I think women always feel like, you know, we should love our bodies at all times and this and that. But the fact that you're saying that sometimes it can be neutral, like you just appreciate your body and, you know, enough to nourish it. And I think that's something that we really have to sit and think about because, I think if we at least appreciate our body and we're willing to give it what it needs, we're appreciating it, we're exercising and things like that. I think that'll kind of relay into also loving our body and having that appreciation because that'll transform your body as well. If you're giving it, you know, the nutrients it needs, you're treating it right. Then you'll look at yourself like, oh my gosh, me appreciating my body is kind of giving me the outcome that I've been looking for. So I think that's important that you pointed that out because even with myself, I have a hard time with that myself, just looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't like my body. But you don't think about how many great things your body does for you every single day. So I really appreciate you pointing that out. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so much, like I said, so much easier said than done. If you're having that hard time where you're looking in the mirror a lot and it is it is triggering you, I always just recommend take a break from the mirror. It's, it's going to be best for your mental health if it's really triggering for you. So take a break from the mirror, work on those body affirmations and getting to that neutral standpoint. And then once you're ready, you can always go back, you know, to looking at the mirror. Cause of course we want to look in the mirror, make sure we're looking all, you know, okay. And everything like that. I know that's important, but I always do give that tip there to take a break from the mirror. Sometimes it's okay. That's perfect. And other than like taking a break from the mirror and things, are there any other like tidbits that you would give people that are struggling with low self-confidence? Yeah, I would just, number one, you're not alone. A lot of people are going through this. They're having the exact same thoughts and feelings that you're having, but it doesn't have to be like that forever. And you can unlearn the negative I should say the negative side effects that maybe diet culture has influenced in your life. You can unlearn those and learn a more normal, healthy way of approaching your health with when it comes to food and exercise. So again, when it comes to that low self-confidence, you're not alone. You can get to the point where you have more confidence in both your eating habits and your body image but it is going to take maybe some hard and uncomfortable work. And it doesn't mean that the harder uncomfortable work is bad. It might just be necessary to work through it so you can get to that other side of having more confidence in yourself and your eating habits, because it definitely is possible. It's just definitely a personalized approach for everyone because we all have our different experiences with food and our body. So working through past relationships, traumas, anything that might've brought up 
that negative self-esteem for yourself, that's a great place to start and get support if you need it from a therapist, a dietitian like me, anyone that, a friend, a support system really is a is the best place to start when it comes to that. I definitely agree with that. And I think one thing that I just want to add is the fact that it's not going to happen overnight. Like anything that you're doing is going to take time. It's going to take practice. You may feel like one day you have it all together and then the next day you have no idea what you're doing. And I feel like that all the time. So I think it's important to give yourself grace every single day and just continue to try um, no matter what's going on. Like I'm just going to put in a little bit more effort today and then eventually I think it'll start getting easier for you. So um, now I kind of wanted to pivot a little bit, just going into like what you actually do. And, you know, I know on your website, you talk a lot about intuitive eating. So I wanted to understand, I guess, what the difference between intuitive eating is versus a diet. Yeah, really great question. So basically intuitive eating is the exact opposite of a diet. So with diets, there are quite a bit of rules to follow. There might be certain calorie amounts to hit or macros, or you might be cutting certain food groups out. Whereas intuitive eating is, I would say it's more of a self-care framework to eating habits. So there is 10 different principles to follow and learn more about in order to implement intuitive eating into your life. But the overall gist of it is to reject the diet mentality. That's the very first principle of it. And that might be letting go of tracking your calories or your macros or working on letting go of food rules like you can't eat carbs or fruit or anything like that. So that's the very first principle. But more importantly, the essence of intuitive eating is to become more in tune with your body and its hunger, its fullness cues, what it might need in the moment because emotional eating does come into play in a lot of people's lives. So that is another one of the principles of intuitive eating is to work through those emotions that you might be using food to cope with and figuring out what you might need in place of that, that you could use instead of food. So again, overall, it is not a diet at all. It is more just a framework and there's principles that you can learn more about and implement into your life. The overall gist of it is becoming more mindful in tune with your body's hunger and fullness cues and just creating a healthier relationship with food where you don't have to follow these rigid rules You don't have to restrict and it does take an all foods can fit mentality. So we don't want to put foods necessarily into categories with intuitive eating. Whereas with diets, we might categorize, for example, let's say chips, cookies, or donuts. Those are going to be more bad or off limit foods and fruit, vegetables, uh, legumes, lean meats. Those are going to be more in the good category. Intuitive eating, we want to, again, kind of take that neutral standpoint with food because every food provides us nutrients and nourishment. Sometimes there's certain food that provides more soul nourishment and there's other foods that provide maybe more mind and body nourishment, but they do have their place. And when we can take that neutral standpoint with intuitive eating, some of those foods don't become as scary or taboo or we don't overdo it with those foods as much because if we got me take that neutral standpoint. So to kind of wrap that all up again, intuitive eating, not a diet at all, just a different way of approaching food so that you can put self-care first and dieting again, probably is more rigid, restrictive focuses much more on weight as the end result. And intuitive eating wants to focus on the overall health and wellness rather than weight. 
Okay, that sounds amazing. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm sure that the listeners may also have this question because I'm looking at it from someone who does have a dysfunctional relationship with food. So the idea that I would be thinking, if there's no restrictions, how do you manage? Because I I feel like if there's no restrictions, I'm like, I can just eat whatever, whenever I want to. So I guess, how do you manage that within intuitive eating? Yeah, that is such a great question because I feel like that is everyone's almost hesitation when they hear about intuitive eating. And because just because intuitive eating does allow all foods and you could eat whatever you want doesn't mean you're going to eat whatever you want. So how to navigate getting into it so that you don't just get into it and start eating everything and everything or everything and anything and not stopping is to start with getting more in tune with your hunger and fullness cues and how you can do that. I always say we want to get on a very consistent eating schedule. Doesn't mean it needs to look the exact same day to day what you're eating and the times, but usually what that looks like for most people is eating breakfast every day. I usually say within an hour or so of waking up and then just trying to get a meal in every three or four hours after that. But if you can't get that in, let's say you've got a bunch of meetings or appointments and it's there's no way you're gonna get your meal within four hours after breakfast, that's where I would recommend getting some snacks into there so that you can have something that's gonna give your body energy nourishment to get you to that next meal. And the reason we want to do that is because usually when we skip meals or go longer than four hours without eating, our hunger cues will not be as accurate. We will likely get to the point when we're eating the next time where we will overdo it as well because we've gone so long without eating. Our body is biologically responding to say, hey, it's been a while. We haven't gotten the energy we need from food. We're going to make up for it at this next meal and we're going to really overdo it so we can make up for what we missed out on on that last, you know, four or five hours, however long it's been since you've last ate. So consistent eating schedule is a great place to start so that you can start to feel your hunger and fullness cues a little bit more. But more importantly, slowing down, practicing some mindful eating at your meals can also help you feel that hunger and fullness. So I would say those are two good places to start. There's a lot more depth to that and I could go on and on, but those are two places I would start. Okay. I definitely appreciate you for that um, that clarification because I'm sure there's so many people who are thinking the same as me because I'm just thinking when I, you know, when I've tried diets, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what I need to do. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. Like this is going to, you know, lead to weight loss, lead to this and that. But when there's no restrictions, I'm just like, I feel like I don't know where to start. I feel like I can eat anything. So definitely at least setting the guidelines of maybe trying to eat, you know, consistently to make sure that you're feeling your hunger. So I definitely appreciate that. And I think that a lot of listeners could potentially take that into their day-to-day life to hopefully, you know, take one step closer to being able to intuitively eat. Yeah. I would just say one extra thing that just popped up in my mind as you were talking is when it comes to what you're eating again there's no rules there's no off limits but again just to help you get to that in tune place where you're feeling your hunger and fullness cues variety and balance at your meals so don't cut food groups like carbs or or i mean carbs is usually the big one but don't cut the food groups it's always about the type and the amount that you're eating a lot of the time but do try to get your carbohydrates your protein source your fruits and your veggies fiber 
don't cut your food groups because that can also lead to that place of deprivation in our body because we're missing out on certain nutrients. And that also leads to overeating a lot of the times or creating carbohydrates more often because we're not getting enough. So I did want to add that in there to touch a little bit more on the what to eat as well. Okay. So just to clarify, so it's more so not about cutting stuff out, but one, eating things in moderation. If you are eating those things that, you know, obviously aren't on the healthier side, and then also just incorporating more of the healthier stuff that you may not have been eating at first. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That is perfect. And I think with that, I think that makes at least makes me feel a lot better. And I would hope that some of the listeners feel better because I know with diet, you feel so restricted. And I know a lot of times, like you were talking about at the beginning, at least to that binge eating, because you're like, oh my gosh, I can't eat anything. And then when you give yourself a chance, you're like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to eat everything. So still incorporating that stuff in your meals, just in moderation. I think that definitely opens up something that someone can stick to. They won't feel so restricted. They can actually stick to this in their everyday life. So I, I really like that. And then in your experience, are there any common misconceptions or myths about dieting and body image that you usually encounter on being a dietitian? Absolutely. I think I touched a little bit on that in my last answer. So I think the biggest uh, misconception is that carbs are bad for you. Carbs are our body's favorite source of energy. It's the main source of fuel, especially our brain and our red blood cells will use. And they also provide other beneficial nutrients like fiber, B vitamins, vitamin E, iron, magnesium. So lots of different vitamins and minerals that are important for everyday functions as well. So cutting out carbs really cuts out those nutrients and that energy our body really needs. And as I was saying earlier, when we cut out carbohydrates because it's our body's favorite source of energy, as our body's biological response, because its job is to protect us, we tend to crave carbohydrates more or those more simple carbohydrates more when we're not getting enough or we've cut them out. So if you're someone that is cutting out carbohydrates or you've done it before and you notice that you were craving things like ice cream, candy, chips, bread, just those really quick, simple carbs. A lot of times, again, that's your body just biologically protecting you and wants to get in the quickest energy source it can. And because it can break down those simple carbs faster than complex carbohydrates, it's going to crave those a little bit more to get that energy in. So do not cut your carbs. Again, a lot of the times it is more about the type. So if you're worried about what type to eat, again, all are welcome, but the ones that are going to provide you more fiber and those vitamins that do give you those extra nutrients are more your whole grains your starchy vegetables so whole grain bread whole grain pasta starchy vegetables like potatoes corn squash peas those are going to be really great sources of complex carbohydrates and quinoa brown rice just to name a couple of those extra ones so i also do have a blog post where i talk a lot more in depth about carbohydrates the types if that's bad for you which again i answered it's not so if anyone's interested i will more likely share my website here at the end of the show and you guys can head there and look up my blog and you can type in carbs and read that uh, that blog to learn a little bit more about carbohydrates. Perfect. And I'll also share your information when we put out this episode. So they'll have all the information. Um, but I also just wanted to hit on the fact that you said that 
when you you're avoiding that stuff that your body is craving it which is it's so interesting because you're thinking when you're on a diet and you're avoiding things you're you're doing something great for your body like oh I'm gonna lose weight I'm gonna feel so much better but when you put it into that perspective it really just kind of kind of feels counterproductive you're like I'm avoiding it but now my body wants it so now I'm actually craving it and then probably gonna lead to that overeating because I know that's kind of what the cycle looks like when I'm in that situation so I think it's very important for people to understand understand how it works and I don't think a lot of people actually talk about this because you know a lot of people are pushing the diets and selling their meal plans and all of this so they're you know pushing a certain thing but someone who is actually a dietitian and understands how food works and reacts to the body I think it's so important for people to listen to people like you to understand you know what's the best thing for their body and of course everyone's body is going to be different like you're saying but at least the basics that you're you know talking about can set them up for success. Thank you for sure. It's hard with all the mixed messages out there, but I will put that out there. If you're getting your nutrition information from anywhere, because there's so many out there, do try to get it from a trusted source, like a dietitian, because that's going to be the most accurate source. And it can help clear up a lot of confusion. If you just choose to take that information from just one source rather than the entire internet, because there's so much out there. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. And I do want to backtrack a little bit back to when you were talking about, you know, you started having these body image issues when you were younger and, you know, that relationship with food and everything really started when you were young. So do you think there's anything that parents, educators, or just society as a whole um, can do to better support young people in really developing, first of all, a positive body image, but then also that healthy relationship with food? Yes. Yeah. So most important thing I think both parents and educators can do is model a healthy relationship with food and body image themselves because kids are soaking up everything, especially parents and educators, people that they trust. They're soaking up everything that they hear. And if you're a parent who is talking negatively about your body in front of your children or even again, talking negatively about food and categorizing them in that good or bad categorization, I would really recommend getting away from that so that you're, again, modeling a healthier relationship with food, but also helping your child learn that all foods can fit and be in a healthy eating, can be a part of a healthy relationship with food. You can have, again, things in moderation like candy or cookies or ice cream, but knowing that you're not a bad person for eating them and not turning that into something that you feel shameful for or guilty for is going to be better for you in the long run for that healthy relationship with food. So parents really work on that. Don't categorize the foods again. If you need help with categorizing them, some suggestions I say is Some foods are soul nourishing foods. Some foods are mind and body nourishing foods. So if you want to have the categories, take it in a more neutral standpoint as best as you can that way, or just don't categorize food. Allow a little bit of everything on the plate. Of course, there is more, again, nutrient-rich foods to include, but don't demonize or make anyone feel guilty or shameful for certain things. And to add on to that is I know every parent is doing their best out there. If you have a negative or yeah, if you have a negative relationship with food and body image and you're worried that you've already negatively impacted your child with this, it's okay. You learned it from somewhere. We all learn it from society as a whole that 
we it's just something we learned growing up basically it's ingrained in most of us so i know you're doing your best and you can start today to again not talk negatively in front of your child about your body or about their body and not talk negatively about food in general and just working on that neutral standpoint and just working on balance and moderation with them educators i would say can do the same as well um to again just to kind of model that healthy relationship with food and body image and i just want to say i really appreciate you for saying that, you know, if you feel like you've already done this, it's not too late to start. And, you know, not making people feel bad because most parents are, we're just, well, not where I'm not a parent. <laughs> most parents are just trying to do the best that they can. You know, they're they're not doing anything that they think is harming their child. But a lot of times it may have been how they grew up and what they saw. And now, you know, in this age, they're just like, you know, I'm doing what I know. And I can really relate to the fact of you saying, you know, kids are just doing what they see their parents do because I'm looking back and I really think my mom had a dysfunctional relationship with food. She had body issues and I watched her talk about it and, you know, talk negatively about food and negatively about her body. And obviously she wasn't doing that to set me up for failure or to hurt me in any way. It's just how she was living and she wasn't thinking about the fact, oh my gosh, my daughter's going to see this. Now she's going to be the same way. So I think it's important, like, you know, when you do become a parent or when you do become an adult, you know, start doing things that can change that before you go to the next generation. Or like Taylor is saying now, if you are, have already started doing that, it's never too late to change. Start speaking, you know, positive things to your child. Start showing them different ways to eat. You guys can learn it together. You can make it something fun. And I know it's, you know, easier said than done because I'm still struggling with, you know, the eating well and all that stuff. But I think it, it, just goes back to what I said it's day by day you just have to continuously try and be willing to put in that effort um in order to make that change mm -hmm. absolutely yep. like I said it's never too late and just don't don't beat yourself up because like you said no parent is out there trying to harm their child or they shouldn't be so you're doing your best so you can continue exactly and then I do want to go back to your business now, because obviously, like, I appreciate you for being here and you're so knowledgeable. So I want to just talk a little bit about your business, Lifelong Wellness Goals, LLC. So can you just tell us a little bit about your business? Like, how did you get started? Um, what services do you offer? Like anything that you want the people to know? Yeah, absolutely. I started Lifelong Wellness Goals LLC back in 2021. I was on my work commute about 45 minutes to an hour drive. I had always known I wanted to, I think, be my own boss or entrepreneur. I just don't know if I ever thought I could actually do it. But as I was going to my very first job as a dietitian and doing that commute, I just knew I wanted to do it. If I didn't start now, it was going to take me longer. So I decided to start. I had no idea what I was doing. I was terrified, but I did know I wanted to help people have that healthy relationship with food. So I started out, I offered, or I'm still offering one-to-one -one coaching services for anyone that wants to work on creating a healthier relationship with food. And I especially help those women, I would say that are on the go, whether they're climbing the corporate ladder or they do have kids that are playing sports and they're in school activities and they're just on the go nonstop. I would say those are my main people. I do usually help to create a healthier relationship with food and just work on implementing more mindful eating techniques so that they can balance everything out with their schedules. So I do offer one-to-one -one services for anyone who's interested in that. And I do work with men as well. I just usually work with women. So I would say that. And I also offer a couple different new programs coming up that are in the works for student athletes. So if any 
high school, middle school coaches out there would be interested in having a dietitian come and speak to their team about how to have a healthy relationship with food, food and to fuel their body for their sport, both on and off the field, because it's important for both of those. I am working on offering more services for that. So again, more speaking events that I offer there, but there will be more guides and online courses to come for that. And that's super exciting that you're looking to do with like um, sports and things like that, because you're really getting them young when they're started starting to develop those skills that are going to go into, you know, their adult life. So that is amazing. And then as far as, you know, you've been doing this since 2021. So are there any like success stories or transformational stories that you've seen in your line of work that you really are excited about? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I always remember the first ever client I worked with and she was a really great success story. When she came to me, she was one of those women that was climbing the corporate ladder. She was constantly working, not eating very much during the day because she was so busy. And then she'd come home at night and she would just eat everything in her pantry from chips to sweets to bread, you name it. So she was really struggling and feeling really guilty about that and struggling in her body image as well because of it. And we really started working together to create that more consistent eating habit to focus on how she can create simpler well-balanced meals that are going to give her body the nourishment but not take so much time out of her day because she was so busy and we really dove into her mindset as well where she developed her negative relationship with food and just worked on being more kind compassionate developing coping skills that she could use when she was feeling the need to emotionally eat because that was also something she struggled with by the time we ended working together, I know that she felt so much more confident in her relationship with food. She could have things like ice cream, chips, bread. She could have them in her house, but they weren't things that she binged on every night. She could have them for weeks or months on end and just have them when they sounded good to her, or where she wanted to add them to her meal, but it wasn't the only thing she was eating and she was also much more comfortable in her eating or her body image because of that because she was having much more normalcy in her day-to-day -day eating habits it wasn't eating nothing then binge it was now just that consistency more balanced and to this day as she still messages me that was actually a couple years ago i worked with her and i know that she still implements what we've worked on and she'll just share little stories with me here and there so just knowing that she is still implementing it a couple years after and it's helping her is is really great. I think that's a great success story. That is a great success story. And I'm sure that has to feel so rewarding to know that you you legitimately changed her life because with dysfunctional eating, that could go so terribly. So you you are genuinely changing people's lives every single day. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. And then as we're wrapping up, um, are there any like books or websites or any type of resources um, that you would recommend to people who are trying to heal their relationship with food and their body image? Yes, I would definitely recommend the Intuitive Eating book. It's by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Reich. They're both dietitians. They basically came up and developed intuitive eating back in the ninth, I believe 1997 or the 90s. So they have a book where they explain the principles, how to implement it into your life. I would definitely recommend that. There's a workbook that comes along with it or is supplemental that you could get with it to work through the principles as you're reading. And then just go to the intuitive eating website too, if you're not sure, and you can get a little bit more information there, then you can go to the book. 
Lastly, I would really just recommend finding any dietitians on Instagram because there are tons of them to follow because there is so many great content that they share free every single day. I would recommend following me. There's a, which is at mindful underscore dietitian underscore Taylor, if you're looking for me. Um, also at no food rules is a really great dietitian that shares really amazing and funny reels about intuitive eating and just all that dysfunctional eating. So I'd recommend me and her and then go and look at everyone else that is related to them. And you can find some other dietitians you relate to. All right. So I really appreciate you being here. So I have one last question for you. So is there anything that you want listeners to take away from this episode? Yes, I would just say that every single person's healthy relationship with food is going to look different, but it is attainable for everyone. Even if you have certain medical conditions or different needs. So it is possible there might be certain tweaks or differences that you might need professional help like a dietitian to figure out and navigate but just knowing that it's going to look different than the person sitting next to you so don't compare yourself to other people and what they're eating because number one you don't know what they're going through what their thoughts are about food and body image you don't know what their eating habits looked like before you saw them or what they're going to look like after you see them so no comparison it's easier said than done but try to get away from that and understand that your relationship with food is going to be personalized and you got to figure out how it's going to work best for you. So that's what I would like to leave the listeners with. Well, thank you so much, Taylor. I really appreciate you being here. I feel like I gained so much from this episode, so I'm sure everyone else is going to gain a lot from this episode. Um, So I just want to point out, everyone, we're going to have all of Taylor's information, so her website, her Instagram, everything linked. So make sure if you feel like you got some type of value from this episode, make sure you're um, on her website, you're looking at her Instagram, booking her for her services, because obviously you see that she's a wealth of knowledge and she can really help you with whatever your goals are so once again taylor thank you so 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 much for coming today thank you so <laughs> much for having me so fun i was happy to talk more about it and i cannot wait to hear i love the message you're spreading with your podcast so thank you so much and i really love the message you're spreading we need more people like you who actually know what they're talking about to you know help people because there's so many people just selling people things and they have no education behind it so i really appreciate you Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that as well. All right, perfect. Thank you so much. Welcome. Have a great night. I'll see y'all hoes next week. Peace.